guys, welcome to the More Than Mom podcast. I'm your host, MJ Cash, and your new mom BFF. And guess what? You get me without any awkward playground small talk. On this podcast, we'll be covering everything we possibly can to help you thrive in all of your roles, not just as mother, but as wife, woman, and individual with your own passions and dreams. I hope that you'll choose to continue along this journey with us as we all begin to figure out how to become more than mom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the More Than Mom podcast. Man, we are getting ready to wrap up season one over here, and I just have to say, it has been an incredible season. We have talked about so many things from um, pregnancy to postpartum to women's health in infertility, endometriosis, preconception health. We have talked about... Um, CBD oil. We've talked about um, the importance of CPR. We've talked about sleep training with infants. We've talked about cancer and the journey of motherhood within cancer. We've talked about CHD. We've talked about so many things. We've talked about our, our, our relationship with food. We've talked about navigating special needs as a mom. We've even hit it on gardening. We've talked about how to rekindle intimacy in our marriages guys we have hit on so many things this season and it has been incredible for me personally just being able to have all these conversations with these incredible women but one thing I recognize that we have not hit on yet that I wanted to hit on before we wrapped up season one is this demographic of this audience that is listening and is in a different phase of motherhood than many of us. They're not in the trenches of raising the toddlers right now. In fact, they're in a very different stage where their kids are leaving the house. And they're learning how to adjust to becoming empty nesters. They're learning on how to adjust to really having all this time again, having all this quiet again, having time to figure out who they are again and who they are within their marriage, who what their marriage is and, and, and how healthy it is and what it's like to, to be fully with each other again. And they have all these new things to, to navigate that have been a little bit in the background over the last 10, 20, at least 18 plus, 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 plus years. So today I invited a good friend of mine on. She is, um, I know her through our MOPS chapter here in Smyrna, Tennessee. She is a uh, women's pastor at the local church. She is an absolute blast to be around. She is so funny. She is so lively. She is so fun. And she is here to talk about all things empty nesters. Now, she's the perfect person to talk about this, in my opinion, because first of all, she works with women. That That is her ministry. She works with women of all ages. So she's, she's speaking into this um, and seeing different women experience this type of thing quite a bit. But also, this woman has successfully raised five children. You heard me, five children homeschooled them all, brought them up in the church, and now they're all grown and they've left the nest and they're thriving on their own. And she is thriving with 
with herself in this time and also with her husband in this time and in their marriage. And and so I wanted to bring her on to just kind of speak to this. And honestly, my intention behind this was to give an episode to my listeners who are in that phase of life. But before you run away and you're like, well, my kids are still two and running around the house. Hold on. It turns out this conversation is extremely useful for mothers and women of all ages because it teaches us, myself included, in this phase of the crazy, of the young kids, of the peanut butter, of the of the um, tantrums, of the yelling and screaming, all of it, right? The sprinting in circles around the house, the wrestling matches, all that stuff. It teaches us how in this phase to prioritize the things that we should prioritize in order to best prepare for the empty nester stage so that when our kids have up and left the house and they are on their own and we can praise the the success and the fruits of our labor at that time that our lives don't fall apart because we don't know what to do anymore. But instead, we have been preparing for this day so that we can transition into that time of thriving too. So this episode is going to be awesome for everyone. I'm really excited for you to hear it. And I'm not going to give any more introduction because this conversation will do enough itself. It's so fun. I hope you feel like you're right in the room with us. This is my first live conversation since uh, COVID-19 hit, and it felt so good. I'm so glad it was with Lisa. So here's my friend, Lisa Terrio. All right, well, first of all, I'm here today with my very first in-person interview since this whole COVID-19 thing started. And that feels so good to me because on Zoom, when you're talking to people, I'm sure you've experienced this in your Bible studies, is that there's like a slight delay. Mm -hmm. And so the conversation is basically them saying everything they want to say and then me saying everything I want to say and going back and forth like that because we can't really converse naturally mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm just so happy to have you here in person where I can just have a conversation um, it makes the whole thing so much easier so I'm here today with Lisa Terrio did I say it right you did oh, Lisa Terrio so we met you are one of the mentors in our local mops group here mm-hmm. our local mops chapter in Smyrna and I am so excited to have you on because we have a group of listeners that are of this generation where their kids have moved out of the house and they're having to navigate what that looks like for their life now of not having this loud, crazy, a million people in and out household and figuring out life kind of on their own again with just their husbands again and figure out how to have a healthy sustainable marriage in that and have find health just within themselves and their own passions again and um I haven't had anyone to speak to that and I'm really really excited to have you on so can you start it off just by giving us a little bit of like who you are and your background okay first of all thank you for having me and um 
I hope I don't come across as awkward and weird as this feels. <laughs> you told me that it would take three minutes, so I'm holding you to that. Yep. Um, but like you said, I, you know, we met um, when I was a mops mentor, and I be- started doing that because I'm the women's minister at our church. And um, start in with how long I've been married. I mean, is that how you? Yeah, that's again? great. Okay, um, Kyle and I actually are celebrating our 37th anniversary that's in awesome. May. So was that 83? Uh, three. Three. Yeah. Okay. My parents are 79, so they just did 41. Okay. So I'm yeah. awesome. I'm at least tied into right into that math. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we have five children, um, including two sets of twins. So I had my single first, and then five years later, twins, and then four and a half years later, another set of twins. Yeah, it's amazing. So when you were describing loud, chaotic, crazy house, that was mine. We also <laughs> homeschooled. So it was loud, crazy, chaotic all the time. Right. I also always wanted to be the house where all the friends came to. So there was, you know, all of that, you know. So it was, um, it was just, um, it was amazing. You know, I look back and think I don't, I would not have changed one thing. Yeah, that's incredible. So you have, between your oldest and your youngest, you have like almost a decade. Is that right? Mm -hmm. My oldest is 34. Okay. And our babies are 25. Okay. Wow. So you went through a, that, that's a long stretch. That's mm-hmm. a long time period of kids in your household. Yep. I mean, more so than I think most people would have. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, you've told me a little bit about how you kind of uh, did not get eased into motherhood as far as how your two sets of twins came along. Mm-hmm. And can you just talk about that early life of, of um, how far into marriage do you guys have your first? We, it was two Two years. Okay. So fairly soon into marriage, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. had your first kid. And then from there, I mean, you just kept escalating pretty quickly with the (laughs) the number of kids. Right. You know, to go from one to three was shocking. Yeah. Absolutely shocking. And there had never been twins born in my family. And um, we weren't using any assistance or anything like that. And so we were just shocked out of our minds when we had twins. And it was a boy and a girl. Mm Mm-hmm. And it just, Jonathan, my oldest, he was five. Okay. So that's like, he's a little person, mm-hmm. you know, there's minimal things you're doing, you know, for him. And um, he became big brother and huge help and was very involved with the babies, you yeah. know, for sure. And then I just thought that it was the hardest thing we'd ever done. And so when I'm really feeling from the Lord that our, our family's not complete, and I think I want one more. And I approach my husband and he's like, uh, no, <laughs> we are not having. He said, we will have twins again. And I said, what are the chances? I mean, come on there. It was one out of 250,000 with my age, my, you know, everything. Yeah. I not having twins, twins in your guys' families. Yeah. yeah. And I said, one out of 250,000. How could that possibly happen again? He goes, no. So Lisa, having twins is the hardest thing we've ever done in our life, and we're not taking a chance of doing it again. I'm like, man, all right. Well, then I just prayed, and the Lord really did speak to my husband, actually, during a Dallas football game. It's the best time to talk to husbands. But really, and this is before the time of pause it so I don't miss anything. I mean, it's the game is still going. You know, and then he told me, he said, Lisa, I just really feel like our family's not complete and we're going to have another one. I'm like, yes. (laughs) So then when we find out that it was twins again, this is just a funny story. um, My husband was out of town 
I'm my sister-in-law had come to watch my other three while I went to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And you know that that appointment where they start listening to the heartbeat on the outside. Right. Um and I'm being very, you know, sassy and I said, "Oh, She's like, oh, it feels so good. Good, strong heartbeat. I'm like, oh, go on the other side. Let's make sure there's not another one. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And she goes on the other side and picks up another heartbeat. And this is also back in the day of make a phone call, take her down for an ultrasound right now. It was not right. go somewhere else. Let me get you an appointment. So I knew within moments that it was confirmed that it was twins again. So when I come home, <laughs> my husband calls and he says, oh, how'd the appointment go? And I said, Kyle, now my sister-in-law's mopping my kitchen floor, listening to all this, because I've already had my meltdown with her. And I said, honey, um, it's twins again. And he said, that is not funny. And I said, I'm not kidding. You know, so I start crying. (laughs) There was total silence on the phone, which seemed like five minutes. I'm sure it was 30 seconds, but it seemed really long. And then he goes, well, all right. That's it. (laughs) All right, here we go. Buckle up. Yeah, I know. And so then we had the girls and um, could not imagine what our life would be without them, of course, Mm. and such a blessing to our family. But was it easier or harder the second time around? Because you have more kids in the house. Right. But you've also done it before. Right. So it was just, yes, easier because I have done this. Yeah. And I knew I had to be a structured kind of person. I have to pay attention to everything harder because yes I have three other kids yeah oh my gosh does that does that bode well with your personality were you like a structured type yeah. person prior mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. yeah that's good and I was all, that I'm, might kill me because yeah. I that is not my personality <laughs> well MJ, you I'd do be flying by do. to see my pants you, you do what you gotta do yeah Kyle just sort of followed my lead on all of that because when I finally got to like with the girls the babies we just color coded them because they looked so much alike. They were not identical, but you okay. couldn't tell that. Right. So Allison was everything was pink right down to her passy, passy clothes, blanket, bedding. Color coded. Uh, Alyssa was yellow. Everything was yeah, yellow. That's so great. So I leave Kyle to go to the grocery. I'm gone an hour, and it was going to be feeding time. We also had a chart in the kitchen, so you just you didn't get messed up because it's easy to get messed up. So I come home. And Alyssa is in Allison's bed, which did not match. I mean, he knew. Pink goes a pink. He's got the pink baby in the yellow crib. <laughs> and I go in there and I'm like, why is Allison in Alyssa's bed? And he goes in there and he goes, oh, well, that means that baby has had two bottles and no diaper change. And this baby has had two diaper change and no bottle. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I've been gone an hour, just an that hour. So, <laughs> so he just needed a little bit more direction, but yeah, it was oh funny. Gosh. I mean, that was our life for so long. I mean, even now when they were even in nursing school and they were still living with us, one of them would walk through the kitchen and he'd say, Alyssa, and she'd turn around and look at him and go, Allison. I'm like, and Kyle, they look completely different. What is wrong Like they're not you? identical twins. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, they look the same to me. I'm like... I don't know what that means about you. <laughs> that is so funny. That also, to me, like, just speaks so much to the difference between, like, m- mothers and fathers. Like, uh-huh. we are so... Well, I don't know what it is. It's just nature, I guess, with our kids. Like, we know all the differences. Mm-hmm. We know all the personalities. We know all the things. Yeah. We can just see it. We can read through them. 
And the dads are just kind of like, oh, hey, who are you? Okay, right. cool. <laughs> but, you know, I color-coded him and you still messed it up. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> She's clearly in yellow. <laughs> That's so funny. That's amazing. So how was it for you when you, I mean, you obviously have five kids in the house. You're homeschooling all of them. And they're clearly all at different, well, not all of them. You have two sets of twins. Mm-hmm. But between the three different age groups, you mm-hmm. have a lot of different subjects mm-hmm. of school to cover you have a lot of different social conversations mm-hmm. to cover um learning skills to cover all of those things mm-hmm. are you all in like not really thinking about yourself through this time are you all in with motherhood or are you having to mentally and emotionally figure out how to take time for yourself in this too what's it look like for you very interesting very good question um because I felt so much pressure because of the homeschooling thing. Right. Yes, I knew God called me to do it. I wanted to do it. I felt like it was working for our family. I was very structured with it. But it it did bring a lot of pressure, and mm-hmm. it did sort of consume me. And I, um, I was still involved in the women's group at church, our previous church we went to. And I had a wonderful mentor that I was... She scooped me up when Alyssa and Allison were three years old. And boy, she drilled into me the importance of my own, not to neglect myself, mm-hmm. making sure I'm still in the word and still praying. And And she took those, you know, we have these preconceived ideas that Bible time and quiet time and spending time with the Lord has to look a certain way. Right. It has to be, you know, when dawn is breaking and when you have your cup of coffee and your candle lit and nobody is around (laughs) bothering you, you know, and it's just this perfect setting. And so I felt like I failed all the time because I never, I never made that. Right. And she was the one who she said, you know, you can be praying while you're peeling carrots and folding laundry and, you know, and she just sort of freed me and, oh, it doesn't have to look that way. I I can read the word when I am on the pot, if I need to, excuse me. Hope that was okay for (laughs) y'all out there, you know, but just whenever I really can and that's okay, you know, and whenever I am talking to the Lord, if I'm working outside or folding laundry or taking that moment, because they all happen to be taking a nap at the same time. Right. That's okay. That is okay. And Carol would tell me, she's like, honey, you will have, because I was always envious of what she had, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want my life to look like yours because you're so spiritual. <laughs> and my life didn't look anything like hers. Yeah. And she said, you'll have it one day. You are in the season that you're in because God gave you this. And he will equip you as you go through it. And so just give him time every day. Doesn't matter when. Mm. Doesn't matter when. I love that. I, I We talked a little bit about blog posts and things like that mm-hmm. before we started recording. And I once read one that it was, I don't know if it was a blog post or a Facebook post or something, but it was something that kind of went viral. And the, the idea was that this mother, every time that she folded her kid's socks, she would pray over that kid mm-hmm. and the future spouse of that kid. And um, that was just kind of her cue mm-hmm. to take a minute and pray over Mm -hmm. that specific child every time she folded that child's socks and that was the first time for me I kind of recognized oh this can be a throughout the day Mm -hmm. whenever we come to it it could be in the car while we're commuting with the kids and they're Mm -hmm. screaming from one place to Mm -hmm. another whatever it is just 
throughout the day now my husband in our household folds our laundry so that's not my cue (laughs) (laughs) but there's always little things that I'm like Mm -hmm. oh I'm preparing food for this child great this is a great time to Mm -hmm. pray over them or whatever it may be and I love that idea because I'm not the person that gets up extra early in the Mm -hmm. morning to sit in this office and have Mm -hmm. this beautiful moment to myself yeah I love that too and then that is just further developing your relationship with the Lord because it's a it's a conversation all throughout the day. Mm-hmm. It's something that is a part of you. And it's your first thought, whether you're f- fixing food or just looking at them or ripping your hair out or, you know, whatever it is, you know, you run to the Lord. Right. Because what we want to do, obviously, is raise them and train them the best that we can. We're trusted with these children by the Lord. Right. And we want, we need his help to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I've experienced that recently because in the last, I guess, when my kids were three and one, they're four and two now. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the last six months, I've kind of been able to like poke my head out and be like, oh, this is life. Oh, <laughs> yeah. this is what it looks like. I forgot. Um, that that year of having a one and a three-year-old together was so challenging for mm-hmm. me. And, and I struggled with anger, which I had never experienced mm-hmm. in my entire life. And... There's been a lot of conversations that I've had with God of just being like, why am I so angry all of a sudden? I've lived, Mm -hmm. you know, 27 years without ever dealing with anger. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it is uncontrollable. Mm -hmm. And what I have finally come to realize, and I don't know, you know, how my anger was sparked or what exactly did it. I mean, it definitely stems from things that my kids do, but is There was nothing I could physically do. I tried all the things to physically Mm -hmm. control my anger and none of it worked well. And it was like my anger was sparked at different points in the day, um, throughout the day, seemingly out of nowhere. I'd be totally fine and then I'd be at a 10. Mm. And the only thing that I could do was just pray to him and ask for him Mm -hmm. to settle me. And to take it away and to make me level-headed and to calm me and to um, my biggest prayer through all of it that I continue to make is just let me react the let me react to this the way that Jesus would like please just let me react to my children right now in the way that Jesus would like let's give them grace mm-hmm. let's give them love um, let's give them discipline but with love and not mm-hmm. with rage and all of a sudden after. A little over a year of this, I realized that that anger made me come to him and run to him mm-hmm. multiple times a day because that was all I could do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I see you. I uh-huh. see the way that you worked that. <laughs> so, and now that I do that, it's become so much more uh, manageable mm-hmm. because he's managing it, not me. Right. right. Thank goodness. So I feel that for sure. I'm curious how, what did five kids homeschooling, um, having to be so invested into the lives of your children, maybe not getting tons of you time, um, and two sets of twins, how did that play out with your marriage? Did it strengthen your marriage? Did it tear you guys apart? Did it come in different seasons? What did that look like? Oh, and that's another loaded question. <laughs> um, because what I was doing, which I did not realize I was doing until it all imploded on me, mm. 
was I was neglecting my husband. And I don't want to sound trite in this at all, but it was easy to do because he was also out of town a lot. Yep. So when he would come back in, I had a system. And whether I still had babies or, you know, they were, you know, as they were growing up, I mean, I had a system. And now you come in for a couple of days and you wreck my system, you know. So there was, I don't know if it was resentment or whatever, just more annoyance. But it wasn't until maybe... 10 years of living in that and just doing the best I can Mm. being a mom and marriage was good, you know, but I did not realize what was happening with Kyle. Right. And, um, the intimate part of our marriage certainly was suffering again. He's out of town a lot. He comes home. I am totally exhausted, you know, trying to plan special night you know, was challenging. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it blew up like from him because he is very um, even keeled. And then all of a sudden I can tell he's mad and bam, I mean, he just blew up. Mm. And he said, for the last 10 years, I have come after all the kids. And you do not realize what you have done every time you neglect me or um, turn his advances away, you know, because I'm tired or please, if one more person touches me, I'm, I'm right. going to burst into flames. I mean, something's going to happen, you know, just, and, and he said, you have killed that part in me. And I was like, oh my goodness. So immediately I realize now what I have done. Right. And you do not undo 10 years of doing that to somebody, um, overnight right and oh my goodness and I don't know if my desire for him had really just sort of gone away but it had certainly taken a back seat you know and of course for him it had not and since he is a godly man full of integrity and traveled a lot he told me and this was so hard to hear but he told me because I immediately jumped to, have you had an affair? Mm-hmm. Have, you know, what is going on? Are you watching porn? You know, what is going on? And he said, no. He said, I have not sinned against my God. He said, but I have killed that part of me. So I wouldn't. Which is why he's not attracted to me anymore because right. he did this. And it's got to be like, so hard to hear. Yeah. Oh, oh, I was devastated. And I was devastated for a while. And... Now, I know that it's all me. I didn't have any healthy marriages in any of my family. So to me, a divorce, I was always afraid of it, you know, and now I think I've brought it on. And so right right at the beginning, he said, we are not getting a divorce. We actually will get through this and we will be better for it, but it is not going to happen overnight. But it was like really opening my eyes to something I had not now this that I'm telling you about right now, this was 20 years ago. Right. You know, so the, these first 10 years, so maybe it probably started Jonathan when my oldest was probably three and then those next 10 years. Okay. So in crazy time of yeah. little kids. And then, so, but for the last 21 years, things have been great. But I, I mean, man, I remember I just went to the Lord. I felt like a person could not cry that loud and that long. Because I felt like my life and my world 
was just slipping away, even though he's telling me, no, that's not happening. I didn't believe him, you know. So I prayed, I begged, I went to my women that I, that mentored me at church and, you know, he wouldn't even go to counseling because he didn't feel like anything was wrong. Right. Um, really with him, he just felt like he needed me to realize it. And now God would heal him. Now in the psychological world, I don't know what they would say about that, (laughs) you know, but it certainly was, um, what he did and how, he allowed God to just heal him. And then our, um, our path began. I have to imagine from your vantage point, that feels hard because I, I'm guessing when you have a, what, 13 year old, Mm a, uh, eight ish, two, eight ish year olds and two two fours. fours. It's not like you, when you're hearing this from your husband, first of all, you feel guilty. You're mm-hmm. feel, you're like, man, how did I let this happen? How mm-hmm. did I let it get to this mm-hmm. point? But also, you're not like full of energy mm-hmm. to the point where you're like, yeah, I can take this on. Mm-hmm. This sounds like I can totally fit into mm-hmm. to my energy levels and my life and my schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be a breeze. Like that, that had to feel... Um, uh, you definitely, I, I can imagine feeling very guilty about it and very um, disappointed in yourself mm-hmm, maybe. Mm-hmm. But also like, how do I even begin to work this into mm-hmm. what I have to mm-hmm. give and have to offer? And I had to start at praying so basic, you know, mm-hmm. because it was, do I desire my husband? I don't, maybe I really don't because I am so tired. I'm just so, haven't taken care of myself. You know, in any way, really. And I just had to pray for God to just renew my desire for my husband. Help me get my husband, my relationship with the Lord, my husband, and my relationship with my kids in the right priority. Because the reality is, and this is where we'll end up in this podcast, I'm sure, um, your children are going to leave. Right. And if you have not taken care of your marriage through the child-rearing times, your marriage is going to end or you're going to live in misery, mm-hmm. you know, and just sort of be together because you don't know how to not be, but it's not a good, healthy marriage. Right. You know, so, you know, I tell, you know, the mops girls all the time and any time I'm counseling with anybody, you know, you've got to be taking care of your marriage through the whole thing. You don't wait until, well, they're going to college now. I guess we better do something. You know, it has got to be something that is going on all the time. And if Kyle had not abruptly halted us at where we were, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened, you know, as the kids started to leave. But since, you know, it was certainly brought to my attention and I so desperately wanted to have a good marriage, a godly family raising the kids in a healthy, loving place. So then they are getting the example of what marriage should be, what it should look like. Um, That I just, man, I just, I just laid it all down and I did repent and I did turn from it and I did not try to hold on to talk about no pride. There was no pride left at all because I was so broken. I was so hurt and so broken, but yet had compassion with him that he, Cause see, he held that in for ten years, right? 
because he felt guilty that he was feeling that way. Because I was like, why didn't you tell me? How could you have let that go? It probably felt selfish. Yes. He said, I'm out of town all the time. We got five kids and it's all on you most of the time. And he said, I could not put one more thing on you. Mm -hmm. But that destruction, it it just slowly ate away at it. And then he had his breaking point. And then that brought it to my attention. I thank God for that breaking point. So then we had the next year was really just concentrating and working on ourselves. He did not go to counseling, but I got plenty of it through Mm -hmm. my women's minister and, you know, through church uh, mentors and things like that. And boy, I just made an about face on how I saw my husband in relation to my kids. So this is actually a great, this will perfectly transition us to what life looks like now for you guys. And, And it's also going to feed into me a ton because my husband and I are at this point right now in our marriage that um, we, you know, we're at the, our six year anniversary is about to come up. Um, and you you hear a lot about like the six, seven year time period of being a really hard transition for marriages because I think it's largely because kids tend to be young in your household at that age, mm-hmm. um, at that point in your marriage. And that's obviously the case for us. We have a, a four and a two year old. And then additionally in that six in those six years that we've been married and even the couple years before that that we were engaged we have grown and changed tremendously Mm -hmm. i mean he's gone from being someone that worked in college athletics Mm -hmm. to now a police officer so like Mm -hmm. that's a game changer Mm -hmm. for our household and what that looks like um i have gone from being um 18 when we met Mm -hmm. to being much more um secure and uh, clear about who I am as a woman and who I am as an individual and kind of grown up in this relationship. And meanwhile, we've also entered two kids into the world and figuring out how to parent them and how to um, be teammates in that. And we are now at this point where we have been in the race of parenting and also in growing ourselves to the point where we are now in both of us feel like we're in healthy pursuits profession-wise where we weren't before. We weren't happy in that before. We both feel like we know who we are more than ever as individuals. Um, we've grown a lot individually in that. We've we've grown um, in our own parenting. But now it's like we're looking at each other and we've had this conversation recently of being like, how do we fall back in love with each other again in this new version of ourselves? Like, how do I, how do I now fall in love with the, um, the godly man, the, uh, police officer, the, um, much more sure of himself man that I am now married to, that I wasn't married to six years ago, and him also fall in love with the much more sure of myself, much more, um, pursuits driven, much more obviously motherly woman that he's now married to so we're kind of at this crossroads where you're describing you were you know 20 years ago of figuring out how do we rekindle a true um like being in love feeling Mm -hmm. with each other again Mm -hmm. because it's important to us obviously Mm -hmm. and we want our kids we want to have that for ourselves we want to have that for ourselves 40 years from now and Mm -hmm. we also want our kids to be witnesses of that right 
So what did that look like for you guys? I mean, what does it look like? What's the journey of figuring out how to fall back in love with your spouse and to put them back in that priority spot? And Mm -hmm. this is actually tying perfectly into the episode that we released last week. Um, I talked to Mo Isom with um, Wreck My Life and Sex, Jesus, and the Conversations the Church Forgot. Um, Incredible author, incredible speaker. And she talked exactly about how to kind of start rekindling intimacy and sex within your marriage and also how to or why it's important to have that priority of god husband children Mm -hmm. and all the other things Mm -hmm. but what does that look like in application for your guys's marriage Mm -hmm. i think first of all you have to really realize that you do still love each other because love is a choice right right and you you there is love there You are committed to each other. I think the thing that we want to chase is the butterfly, Mm -hmm. romantic, oh, he takes my breath away, my knees are weak kind of feeling. And um, I think with us, when we got through all of the hard patch, I was so acutely aware of where we had ended up. You know, what had really happened. And I knew how much I wanted to get that back. And so we just were very deliberate about everything that we did. Where his little playful antics or whatever he would do, I had started to see as an annoyance. You know, like, can you walk by me without grabbing my butt? Mm -hmm. Can you? Just try. Just try. It was annoying me. You know, But that was his little playful kind of way. I just did not reject anything that he did. And then I, since that didn't really come naturally to me, basically because of how I grew up, Mm -hmm. I was like, Lord, I want to be that way again. You know, I want to be that Lord. And we, I just, we both really just made it a matter of prayer. You know, Lord, we not only just want to love each other and yes, we're committed and we're raising this family for you and things are good. We want it to be great. Right. And so we began really dating each other. You know, you've heard all of, I'm not going to say anything that you have not heard. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just what we started doing. We dated each other. And back then five kids, babysitters were expensive back then. (laughs) Yeah. And by the time you pay the sitter, you didn't have any money to go out, you know, so our dates were mainly except special occasions in home kind of things. I would still go buy new lingerie, get all the kids to bed. And, you know, if it was movie and popcorn and, you know, special time later, you know, but just making it very special with what we could do and um, making it regular, Mm-hmm. You know, doing fun things, finding something, whatever it is that you did think about. Remember, what did, what were things that you did for fun? What attracted you to each other? And just sort of, and if it's not your thing anymore, just find something new. You know, what we started doing was um, riding motorcycle. I love that about you. I know. It's I know. so cool. It's, it's, so, it's so shocking. I know. <laughs> so he like... Okay, he finally gets the motorcycle, and then that was just we started doing, and it was just taking regular rides, and it became our, like our special anniversary trip. We'd go out to Smoky Mountains, and whenever anybody finds that out about me, they're like, what? You do what? (laughs) I'm like, yes, I do. I know it's shocking, 
but it just was something that I could do and enjoy with him. Mm-hmm. You know, now it is kind of seasonal for me because I don't like to do it when it's really hot. And I don't like to do it when it's really cold. <laughs> We're, you know, our marriage is great in the spring and the fall. <laughs> in the spring and fall, you know. <laughs> awesome. But our new thing that we've started doing, this is some, This is our new thing. Because now all five kids are gone. Right. And um, another thing you do is you get dogs, you get puppies, and you let them in the house, which you didn't when your kids were little. Right. So you my act kids like they're are your like, new children. Who are you that mom has a dog on her lap in the couch? What's going on? <laughs> but he wanted to take up archery. So, and he had an old bow from high school and like a kid. How many bow. times have you moved that up? <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. So, well, for Christmas, that's what he wanted was a real bow. So we get him a bow and then he's like, so I would go out there with him and I really love it. So now what we do, I say all the terms I say wrong. He's like, Lisa, it's, we're going to go shoot. I say, Hey, you want to go play archery? (laughs) (laughs) You know? And he's like, we're going to go shoot. He said, you can say. We're going to shoot the bone arrow or there's another thing I, that's okay. But it just, that's never the first thing that comes out. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, let's go play archery. So mother's day was an archery themed. Oh, that's so cool. So I got a beautiful bow. Oh, it's so pretty. It's white with wood and grain. It's beautiful. And then Kyle organized this with all the kids. And so they're like, what? He goes, yeah, she needs a quiver. She needs arrows. She needs this thing for her arm because the strap yep. will hit you and um I really wanted a real target not the little thing that he made up sitting in front of a hay bale I mean right. I wanted the real thing and um so my son got me that and it's just so fun but it's this just finding things to do where you're enjoying your time being together and if you do not have something and it, it doesn't have to it can be a favorite show you watch it can be a, a favorite restaurant you like to go to yeah. but having something else where you just don't sit every night vegging in front of the tv and not even talking anymore mm-hmm. you know i'm a talker he's pretty much of a talker but he's um he's a good listener and you know still grow and still growing individually like you have already said you know, I find in this season of life that I'm not focusing and concentrating on, you know, guiding the kids, mm-hmm. you know, that I can really listen to what the Lord is saying for me. And we were talking before this started, just this new, this COVID thing that we're in right now, how I have really had to, the Lord has really stretched me in a few ways. And Selma Wilson, I don't know if you know her, but I was talking to her about, how freaked out some of this stuff has made me. And she said, you're doing the things you're doing now because to for your ministry, it's what you have to do right now. Right. She said, but do not miss the fact that God is teaching you how to do these new things because he's growing you in these new areas. Don't miss that. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll try not to, you know? yeah. <laughs> but I'm very uncomfortable still. She's right. like, that's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable. You know, Kyle, he, it, he still does things, you know, that he's growing. So I think you have to make sure you still are always growing in your relationship with the Lord. You know, always the goal being just constantly growing because if you're not, you're just treading water. Right. You know, and that's and, exhausting. Right. It is exhausting, but eventually the river is going by, you're going backwards, mm-hmm. you know, 
we think that we're okay, but we're really not. It's very, it's false. And just being able to say, okay, what does that mean? Where do I want to be as a spiritual, godly wife, a mother? I'm still a mother, Mm -hmm. you know, and now I'm a grandmother. And that role that I get to play there is just wonderful. But what does that mean? What does that look like for me? You know, and I think I just remember words of mentors I've had in the past where, you know, a spiritually mature woman is at rest. She is saturated in the word. She has a heart for the broken and the lost. She loves the church. She, you know, and just all of these things that I have heard over the years. And then I'm like, okay, you know, those are, those are my goals. That is what I want to, a a spiritually mature woman knows that she is totally and completely dependent on God. And she's at peace with that. She has mercy. She has grace. She forgives easily, you know, because I look back at my journey. Whoa, I was a hot headed, hot mess Mm -hmm. a lot of the time, you know, and as we, so you always have to be working on that part and your husband is working on that part. And then you are taking care of your marriage together and finding things that you can do together. That's fun. That's, um, spending time, but still being able to be okay sitting out on the porch swing. This was us last night, of course, because he wanted to porch swings like we're old. We watch birds <laughs> and we swing on a swing. But we got a little puppy because we had a big dog who was lonely. We got a little puppy. And um, so our routine is dinner. And then we take, we did just have the one dog. So we would take Tucker for a walk. And then we come home and then we sit on the swing. And we just sit there and swing and talk. And last night he looked at me and he goes, is it official that we're old? I mean, is it? I'm like, I think so, but I don't care. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just don't care anymore. I'm at peace where we are. And um, and also knowing that God's not finished with us. Mm-hmm. You know, there are still things that he is using us for and opportunities that he has given us. And some of it's together. You know, we have a little married group that we, that's our small group that we mentor. And that just sort of came out of the blue. Mm. And um, so God, God's using us. And so being, to be able to be still used by God together is wonderful. You know, kids are gone. We're not all consumed with all of their stuff. And um, to be able to sit next to him and look and still be in love with him and still, want to have special time, (laughs) wink, wink, you know, yeah, and still um, just be so happy that we are where we are. I mean, there's something deeper. It's deeper than the butterfly, weak knee feeling. It is that just deep contentment that of where we are, you know. Yeah, that's so cool. I think what you just said, just gives the imagery of of the beauty that's in this phase of life um i know one of the things that we hear a lot in this phase is like oh you'll miss this oh you'll miss this mm-hmm. and especially in that in that year where things were really hard that's about mm-hmm. the last thing i wanted to hear because i'm mm-hmm. like this is i'm like i'm drowning in mm-hmm. this right now mm-hmm. but now that i've kind of been able to poke my head out of that i can and i think to the days when 
we won't have them running around the house constantly mm-hmm. and we won't always have something to do and something going on and mm-hmm. um, something to chase after and um, noises being made everywhere. And I'm like, that is going to be sad and lonely and different. But I think what's important to understand and what's really healing for me to hold on to and what I hope others can find in this as well is that there's also a lot of beauty to that Mm -hmm. phase of being like just with your husband Mm -hmm. and being able Mm -hmm. to be together with him again like the Mm -hmm. early days and and having God work together Mm -hmm. with you guys Mm -hmm. um, and still mother and still Mm -hmm. do all those things Mm -hmm. but not have it be all hands on deck all the time. Right. And you know, while you're in the stage that you're in, it's the best. Yes, it's hard. You you know, people say dumb things and people say encouraging things. Mm -hmm. But when you're in it and you know it's your job right now and it's your blessing, it's the best. And then as you go through and you see them grow up and you see them move out and make good choices and choose a godly spouse and start raising their kids to love the Lord. I mean, you're like, it's like you're seeing, seeing your fruit is what it is mm-hmm. because you don't see it and all the stuff you're doing right now. I mean, it right. is buried deep in the ground right, and right. you do not know that right. it even, I the mean, sewing type is long. I mean, Oh my word. But then you see, and then you're watching them and their your little grandchildren are telling you Bible verses and they tell you something mommy said. And it's like, Oh my goodness, this is, this is the fruit. And then you look next to your husband Actually, this happened recently, and I don't know if one of the grandkids, they were, oh, they had prayed is Mm -hmm. what it was, and they were praying for the meal, and then Kyle just just looked over at me, and he whispered to me, he goes, we're living our best life, Mm. and just to be, so be encouraged and look forward to, you know, but to have that, you have to take care of it all along the way. Right. You know, you can't expect that kids are going to go and you're going to have this magical thing because now it's not going to be so stressful. You have to tend the garden all along the way. You have Mm -hmm. to make sure there's no weeds, you know, getting in there and taking deep root um, in your marriage. And then you just look at the table then and you have your grown kids and the people they've chosen as spouses. You hear them raising their kids And then we get to be the ones that now we're not in all that discipline, hard stuff anymore. (laughs) Right. You know, we're the fun, we're the fun people now. And, you know, it doesn't mean that there's not problems and that we don't get annoyed. And, you know, yesterday I got mad at Kyle because he didn't do the one thing I asked him to do. He did three things I didn't ask him to do (laughs) and did the one thing that I really needed done that he did, that I did ask him to do. This is, this is me in our marriage. My husband will be like, can you do this? And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like squirrel, 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 squirrel all day long. And he's all proud of himself for doing the three things that you didn't even ask for. And I'm like, but what I needed was this. So when I came home, that was done and I could do what I would do. Because remember, we're having company and it's your family. Right. Just do what I need. That's so So, funny. Don't let me paint a picture of, oh, everything's all so wonderful. But, you know, when you've been married a long time too, you, you get mad, you get annoyed. And it's like, oh, yeah. And he goes, well, I'm sorry. You're like, perfect. All right, cool. <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay. And then in that moment where I could hold a grudge till Jesus returned back in the day, you know, it's like, yeah, 
what were his intentions to help me and do something great? Right. Why didn't he do it? Because he forgot. Yep. That's it. It wasn't malicious. It wasn't, oh, not doing that. Mm-hmm. He just forgot. You know, so mm-hmm. then I just sort of, I, in that moment, you decide. And this is, for now, not just empty nesters. You just decide. Is it worth the fight that's going to come? Is it worth the anger that's going to happen? Is it a little thing or a big thing? Yeah. Does it even really need any more discussion? Sometimes, yeah. I have fallen into this. Um, My conversation with Mo Isom last week really opened my eyes to some areas in my marriage that I need to grow tremendously. And it's almost like places that I used to be really good and I've let go. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, you're hitting on them or you have hit them on them in, previously in this conversation as well in that I, I'm i in a similar s- phase where, you know, we have the two kids, not five, but we got the two. Um, they're filling up plenty of time as it is. And then my husband with his new schedule, he became a police officer about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And that schedule is much more demanding than basically anything else that you could be. And so he's gone mm-hmm. all the time. He's very rarely here. And... When he, the few times that he is at home, then it's like, oh, what do we need to get done? And it's mm-hmm. very like, go to the grocery store, get the things, do the laundry, you know, and it's not fun time. Mm-hmm. And I have let myself fall into this, you know, you put on top of that, that I'm a very strong, opinionated person. <laughs> and the the poison of that what can come out of that negatively is that where i used to be very intentional about i am i'm strong i'm a strong woman but i submit to him and he's mm-hmm. the leader of our house and i we can live very biblically in that i used to be very intentional about i can be strong all these places mm-hmm. but with him he leads mm-hmm. then over time it became Oh, well, he's not even here. He's never here. So why does he get a say for what happens in this household? He's not the person in this household. I am. I'm running this ship. And slowly that became not letting him lead anymore and not letting his opinion have weight anymore and becoming really toxic and really like where he came to me, uh, I don't know, probably like a month ago and was like, you don't even listen to the things I say around. Like you ask for my opinion and then I give it and you're like, great opinion, not going to go with it. And I'm like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh yeah, honey. (laughs) I totally forgot about how important it is to validate you and show you the respect that I do have for you. Cause he's a, I, I do wish, Mm -hmm. um, respect him and also know that he's fully capable of leading our household. That's why Mm -hmm. I chose him. And, a lot of this for me that you're speaking to later is is you're painting the picture of what I want to have for mm-hmm. right now and also throughout mm-hmm. the years to come. And I'm wondering for you, especially as you talk about things like, well, my husband got a motorcycle and I was like, well, let's give that a try. And then he was like, I want to try archery and let's give that a try. How much of the health of your relationship now has to do with you I think the, the way that the Gottmans say it is like accepting the bids that he puts out, like kind of humbling yourself and being like, archery? All right, like, let's <laughs> give it a try. Because I'm sure that wasn't like top of your list, like on your radar of things to do. So it's almost like hearing his bids and mm-hmm. saying, hey, honey, I'm inviting you into mm-hmm. the space with me and you being humble enough to say, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. let's go for it. Well, that definitely was the motorcycle thing. Okay. <laughs> archery i took that in high school and i thought i'd be great you oh know? cool so, you know i was all about the archery yeah. you're like but, i'm actually 
quite experienced yeah. in this, honey. You know, <laughs> you know, I took a semester of it in yeah. high school. <laughs> but um, it was the motorcycle thing. Okay. And it was because he was, I had to really appreciate that he was trying to find something that we could do together that he enjoyed and he did want to invite me in it because he was going to still do it. And he goes on lots of rides and invites me and I don't go every time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just don't want to, you know, I got to have the right temperature. I mean, that's important. <laughs> and he got a new bike that I still am not really comfortable on. So I say no more than I say yes mm. now. But then he's like, but you're not going to get comfortable because it's so much bigger. You know, he goes, you're not going to get comfortable if you don't do it. Right. And I'm like, okay, you know, I know he's right. So I really, I have to make myself say yes, because I know I'll get there and I love it. And when I get on it, I'm fine. It's, it's just, it's different than the one I'm used to, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think there's, um, you know, he certainly does things with me that. You know, might not be his thing. Like going out to eat is a perfect example. That's what I want to do. Why? Because I didn't cook it. Right. right. Why does he not want to go out to eat? Because I didn't cook it. Right. Right. You know, he's like, Lisa, just nothing is as good as you. I'm like, you know, I'm just, oh, oh, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, but nope. And he eats out a lot, you know, and so, but that's something that he knows I enjoy. We don't do it a lot, you know, but he knows I enjoy it. And so he does that. Now I know that might seem like a silly example, but you know, the evening walks, that was something he certainly did. Cause sometimes that's not what I want to go do, mm-hmm. you know, but I always say yes to do that. If I want to, um, you know, just whatever. I mean, he, he will say yes to. So I think it is a lot of that. But now he never guilts me, you know, if I say no, he's, there's none of that either, mm-hmm. you know, but it is, you just have to work and find what you both enjoy doing. Cause if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to keep doing it. And then what's the point? Right. That's awesome. That's, that's something I see in my parents a lot. Um, cause they're empty nesters now. And one thing that they're really good at, they, they have like 16 acres, I guess it's less than that now. Cause they sold some to my brother. So it's like 12 acres mm-hmm. out in Mount Juliet. And they do a lot of work on on Mm -hmm. their land and they each have their projects. Like my mom Mm -hmm. loves the garden and and uh, my dad is constantly like putting in new things Mm -hmm. all around. And they've gotten really good at coming into each other's spaces. Mm -hmm. And even though it might be more one person's thing than the other, Mm -hmm. the win for both of them is that they get to experience it together. Right. And you can come alongside each other and be doing a different thing in the same space. Mm. Because that is, you know, I have the garden and love the garden. And Kyle's all about the grass and planting trees. I mean, the man has an obsession with taking those little helicopters that land wherever (laughs) in a, you know, piece of dirt somewhere and a little tree shoots up and he's like, oh, a tree. And he will plant it in a planter. And then he will cult, he will take care of it. And then he has a row of these trees in the back of the yard that are these little baby trees that then when they get big enough, he transplants them out in the yard. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's almost funny. Like the kids just make fun of him. And he also has his grapevine that he keeps trying to grow every year. 
So I might be outside doing something else. I might be washing down the patio furniture or whatever, but we're both out there together because he loves doing stuff outside. I do too. But I'm not really running around planting the trees with him. Right. You know, but he'll say, I just love that we're both out here together. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's things like that. You know, That's it can awesome. be, you know, sitting in the living room and I might be working on a stocking for a grandkid and he's sitting there cleaning his gun, you know. Right. <laughs> But we're we're still together. Just being able to enjoy each other's company, make time for the dating and the special little trips and weekend getaways and things like that that you do put on hold when you're raising your kids because either it's finances or it's time or it's who's going to watch the kids if we go do that. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody has grandma right down the road, you right. know. And so all those things that you don't do now, you think, oh, well, one day, you know, that's coming because you do, you'll get back to it. And so just make sure that you still want to do things with each other. Right. And if you don't take care of it in the hard time now, you won't have that. It's not going to be a magic day that you wake up and it's like, oh, no, if you have not taken care of it, you'll wake up and go, who are you? And why did I think that was so cute before? Right. You know, it seems like you guys, like you said, 20 years ago, you really started to work on your marriage and focus in on that. And so you were much more prepared to take on the abundant amount of time you'd have together once Mm -hmm. your kids left the house. Yeah. What, what things, obviously as your kids get older, you kind of start to prepare yourself as best you can for Mm -hmm. the the time that they're going to leave. What surprised you the most, maybe emotionally, um, that or even spiritually and physically, what surprised you the most about making that transition and what you experienced in that time? One thing that did surprise me was when the first one left, it just didn't even seem like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, no offense to you, no, I'm sure you were an awesome but, kid. Yeah, <laughs> but he went to MTSU. He okay. lived at yeah. home. Then he gets married, but they lived in Murfreesboro. Right. I still saw him a lot. You know, I mean, it just, but it was because I had four more at home. Well, then Justin and Ashley go to UTC. And I thought, I mean, taking them there and moving them in. And I just thought that's going to be just horrible. What's going to happen? You know, I did go sit in their bedrooms. I had my time that I would just sit there and look mm-hmm. at stuff and cry. But I still had Alyssa and Allison. So the full weight of it, it, and I think just like as you bring them into the world and your family grows, you know, you adjust with all the need. It's the same thing when they're leaving. They're leaving one at a time. And so you can be sad for a little while, but you still got to tend to things because you Mm -hmm. have four more kids. And then, oh, you know, it's not going to break you because you still have two more kids. Right. And then when Alyssa and Allison decided that they were going to go to nursing school and they were going to still live at home. But I think our break with them was so gradual because they're adult, you know, they're in nursing school, they've graduated college, they're, you know, they're not checking in all the time. There's a lot of freedom. They still live there. I still saw them. And so then when they did actually move out, I think we had sort of weaned ourselves away from each other. And it wasn't, it just wasn't devastating. Yeah. You know, when Allison, she got married last May and they moved to Colorado. 
Now, I thought that was going to kill me. And it was going to kill me because her twin, now that means they're apart. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was going to wreck one of them. And here I am. I'm fine. You know, FaceTime is a wonderful thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you have a close relationship with your kids, space, time, to, um, distance doesn't really change that. You know, Ashley and Chattanooga, which I used to think was out of town. Hello, it's not. Colorado's out of town. Chattanooga's not. If I can get to you in an hour and a half, that is not out of town. Right. And you just, you just make it a priority, even with your adult children and your relationship changes so much when they become adults and, um, it can just be the sweetest thing. You know, it is just, it's just good. So, you know, I echo my husband and I, say I think I might be living my best life that's awesome what are some of the things that you found for yourself in this new season that you didn't do before didn't know that you liked doing before you didn't have the time for before anything like that um I think really embracing the ministry Mm. you know because before I volunteered because, you know, let's be real. It's expected, especially if, you know, you have your kids there or whatever. It's expected. But I think being able to, well, go to work for the first time, Mm -hmm. you know, and really be able to see myself in that position. And, I mean, it was just really something. So then I started um, not like I am taking a theology class. Oh, cool. You know, it's online. Mm-hmm. It's still serious and just there's tests and everything, you know, review questions, test, essay questions, and it is just kicking my tail. But what a cool time to like, learn a, something right. new or learn something more in depth. And you can't do that when you're yeah. homeschooling five kids. Right. And so uh, that has been one thing that I'd, I would have never done. Oh, I love that. I love that idea. And I think, okay, this is really cool. This is something that is just for me. Yeah. It is just for me, and I'm learning, and I'm loving it. I think just um, I'm teaching more. So the Bible studies that I'm teaching, it's not where I put in a DVD, and which nothing wrong with that. I mean, mm-hmm. somebody's got to do that too, you know, but really studying the Word and being the one that's chasing all of the references and seeing, really trying to find out what God wants me to know from this. You know, I never gave myself that luxury to really do that, you know, because I was too busy. Yeah. You know, so now I can do that. You know, I can, you know, if I want to go visit people, I can do that. I mean, I'm just, I don't have any restrictions really. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I love, I love that idea of being able to take a course on something that you wanted to know more about. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I, I, I can see a lot of people being like, maybe I'll take a baking class or mm-hmm. a, a, mm-hmm gardening course Mm -hmm. or I know um one of the things I've seen and this goes into my generation of stuff but there's like this whole um new trend I guess it's called master class and it's basically all these people who are experts in certain things Mm -hmm. that that put together courses online in one spot that you can go and be like I want to learn everything I can about gardening Mm -hmm. and you can go there and take like a whole master class on gardening Mm. similar to university but for more geared for people of all ages and adulthood and Mm -hmm. continuing to take classes and courses Mm -hmm. throughout adulthood to learn about whatever Mm -hmm. you want to so that's super cool I like that Um, are you doing your course through the church or through a university or 
It is. Um, well, the church hooked me up with it. So, okay. You know. Yeah. So basically, through the- <laughs> <laughs> you know. yeah. But it is That's the so cool. you know systematic theology class and you know the professor who teaches it and you know I went into my boss and you know I said okay, let me tell you, if I was in his classroom, I'd be in his office every other day because you know because I'm having issues with yeah. how he's teaching and do you want me to fail? Why aren't you clear about this? You know, and that was a trick question. What's the purpose in those? I mean, I'm too old for this stuff, you know. <laughs> I said we would not be friends. I'll tell you that right now. That's so funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. What um how long have you been empty nesters for? Like a handful of years, 5 years or so? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, probably 3. 3 years. Okay. What is the best part of this stage of your life so far for you the best part you know I might say and I hope this doesn't sound selfish you know but I might say the freedom mm. Ooh, I know that sounds like something a mom would long for for about 20 years just the freedom yeah. of it now my husband will say that I don't have to wear pants <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, speaking to all the men out there. Like, you know, it's like, why don't you have on your pants? I don't have to. Nobody's here. You know, it's like, all right. Now, I'm never going to walk around without my pants or without my shirt. And that's just not happening. Even if I'm alone, I'm not doing that. Right. But apparently that's like, uh, that was freeing for him. He really enjoyed that. Yeah, that counts. That classifies under freedom, I think. (laughs) It's a certain level of freedom. But any idea I have or any ooh, unexpected thing that comes up or I can say yes to so many things because I don't have to consider anybody else. And I and I think I got over, I might have thought that was selfish, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't think that is selfish, you know, because if somebody needs something, hey, can you come over and sit with me? I just got out. Of the, can you take me to get this surgery. Can you help me? You know, I can say yes, where before I might've wanted to say yes, but I had to say no, Mm -hmm. or I had to jump through all these hoops to take care of what was going on at home. So I could go, you know, now I don't, I don't have to do that. I have the freedom to do. And I think I can say every day to the Lord, how do you want to use me today? Show me how you want to use me. Give me opportunities. And I know that I, if it's in my ability, I will be able to say yes to it. And I won't be, and I won't, whether it was a real reason or I used it as an excuse Mm -hmm. to not obey the Lord. Because, you know, I've done both. Right. You know, so I think just being able to be in this place that I can really, um, just be so open to the Lord. I mean, that is, that is probably the sweetest thing right now that I can just know that I'm in a position that I can say yes. I love that. I love it. Well, Lisa, that's all I have for you. I, I have been so filled by this conversation. Cause like I said, I feel like we're in that transitional point of, of reclaiming our marriage mm-hmm. for the, um, the remainder of our, our, life together Mm -hmm. and being able to build towards that beautiful time where it's just going to be us again Mm -hmm. and um, raising our kids so that they can be those God-loving children Mm -hmm. who are going to be raising their children that way and being able to see that with my husband and then Mm -hmm. um, that paints such a beautiful picture 
for me right now in this phase of my mm-hmm. life with all the craziness and all the noise and all the unpredictability. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I know that, that for people like my mom and, and the other people of the age group that, that tune in of just hearing someone else who's also going through that stage mm-hmm. of their life and maybe giving them more ideas for how they can find health and how they can um, just live freely in it. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say thank you so much for that. I appreciate you going out of your comfort zone and plugging into a podcast. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. And I am glad that I said yes. Yes. And it took a little longer than three minutes, but I think it was okay. We got there, yeah, right? Got it there. just became yeah. a conversation. <laughs> yes, I told you it would. Awesome. Well, I will sign us off then. And um, and again, just thank you. Thank you a ton. And I'm looking forward to the feedback um, because this is, I, I, I've had a lot of episodes on things like pregnancy and, um, and you know, early... Um, like postpartum and early mm-hmm. childhood raising, all this stuff. And this is one that can really just speak to the women who are who are going to be in a different phase of motherhood, but motherhood all the same. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm.